Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. I don't know if you believe that, but as we take steps into this, as we take steps into this, I trust that. He's reaching out and he's trying to transform our hearts. He's trying to transform our minds. But we got to be postured to receive it. We have to be ready and willing to go where no one else goes. We got to take risk and step up and be bold. We've got to take in, in danger, if we can use an old phrase, and to go where no one dared risk before, right? Are you ready? Will you be willing to do it? Man, I love that song. It's a simple gospel. I remember sitting on my, my front porch or, and just dreaming up a long time ago. Man, it, it was just made so simply, and sometimes religion made it so thick. It made it complex, weighed it down, and then a hammock from that moment on and, and, and jumping into my life. And that moment, it just brought clarity for, for my heart, for my family, to sit at a table and to understand wait a minute, he's asking so much more and I haven't even began to run. I've just been playing a game. Hey, welcome to Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's a great weekend. Some of you guys have uh, out there on the lake and you're camping, you're water skiing, not at Harrington Lake, by the way. Um, maybe you're golfing and maybe even at the beach. And, and we're not jealous up here. No, we're not. We're just, we're enjoying this. And so... Um, but seriously, we're glad you're here and you chose to be here with us this morning in the loft on Main as we're just diving into what really love built this as we set the table for something so, so much more. And, but today we're going to land the plane for now on this series, uh, but begin to really physically take off and, and, and with the journey and really explore what God can do with, with a table of love. And a couple of weeks ago, we, had, we revealed what Love Built This represents. And it's more than just a sermon series, by the way. It's a movement of, of those who are following Jesus have a desire to become a disciple maker. And not just in a physical location, but in their hearts and out there where they work, where they live, and where they play. So love can build on something special. It's a movement uh, of where we change the world by changing what we care about. And that's why we say here at Centerpoint, simply this, if we center our lives on Jesus, we point to Jesus and we live in Jesus, we become fully devoted towards Jesus, not the church. Jesus, not the church. And that's when change really takes place. And we say these four words all the time, say them with me, change lives, and that's what happens. And it takes off. And I, you, can't ha you can't stop what happens next. And I really believe this is where God just revealed this passage of scripture about two months ago to me, literally through some people. And, and I'd love to share that experience with you and share that story with you. But man, he just, he flat out just wanted to floor me. And he did. He revealed to this passage in Habakkuk. And, and this has been sort of the birth verse for this whole this whole series, and probably for the rest of my life, uh, especially two words in this. And it says in Habakkuk 1.5, it says this. It says, be utterly amazed. I, I mean, I don't have to go any further than that, but I don't know if you all have been utterly amazed this week by something, but sometimes 
when we lean into God, he really gets our attention because there is no words or explanation for it. And I don't think you're sitting there is just dumbfounded or utterly amazed. He goes on to say this, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. You ever lived around here for a very while? I mean, you ain't gonna believe it, right? You heard that phrase before? I'm especially those in Casey County. Come on, you, you know what I'm talking about. And you hear those words. You ain't gonna believe he graduated. He ain't gonna do, you know? Yeah, he did. I don't know how, but he did. He got a diploma. He might've stole it, but you know, it's one of those moments, all right? Some of your parents like, I was utterly amazed this week. He walked across the stage. I don't know. But it's so much more than that stuff. It's when God enters in and interjects his love in a way that radically redefines the community. Because it's so simple. We just make it so complex. So for the first week we dove into this series, we just asked a simple question. If we're going to ask, what, what, if we're going to build on what love can build on, we need to ask the simple question of, of this one. What does love require of me then? What does love require of me? And we, we expose that in everything we say and do. What does love require of you? Does it walk across the room? Is it to go make that wrong right? Is it really breaking down everything in your family circles? because there's some things that need to be exposed. What does love require of you? In week two, we dove into 1 Corinthians 13, 8, and we really dove into that love chapter. And by the way, that's the only chapter in the whole book that talks about love from the beginning to the end. And it's an amazing book, an amazing chapter in the Bible. And it really goes into, in verse eight, it says, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. And it says these three words. It says, it what? Love never fails. Love never fails. If love never fails, we ask you to to sit at the table with us and and do this one simple thing. And it's kind of hard sometimes if love never fails is love like you've never been hurt. Because a lot of people come to church and they've been hurt, they've been beaten down and and we're going to be obedient to what love means then we have to love like we've never been hurt. And we gotta go do things that literally doesn't make any sense, but we gotta trust in the Father who gives the love so we can go out there and multiply it. And in week three, we dove into this idea, if someone who is always around you, who knows you very well and what you do always comes out, what would they always say you're doing? What do they always say that you're doing? And what we hope you would say is is always loving. Always loving so people will know. And that's a tough one to do because of the way we run our life schedules. We're so busy. We're so worn down. There's no love left in the tank. But in John 13, 35, it says this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. You see, when we first initiated this movement, we said, hey, listen, they might not ever come back to the loft on Maine because it's kind of a weird place to worship some days above a Chase Bank, and at one time it was lawyers. So, I mean, it, just, it is what it is. But now it's, it's, it's so much more. And, and, but then we were just like, if they, they might walk away, but they will know that they were loved. They will walk away knowing good and well that they were loved on. And they might not agree with the style of worship and everything else, but they will know that love was here. Jesus was here. And that's where we want to continue the, the journey with people, with you, and so today, as we set this table, I want, I want today's talk to be about this one idea. 
And if you're taking notes, here's where you go with it. Love is ready when you're ready. Love is ready when you are. And think about it. Love was set in motion for us when God breathed life into existence by saying in Genesis 1-3, what does it say? Let there be what? Light. Can you imagine that moment for just one moment? I mean, just completely utter dark or darkness and then all of a sudden, light. Let there be light. And from that moment on, all humanity has had an opportunity to engage love, to embrace love, and to accept the invitation of love in their life. They have to just open their eyes. You see, God set love in motion for us today in John chapter 3, verse 16. Most of you know it by heart, where it says, for God so what? Loved the world. That he what? Gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, that's the simple gospel. Sometimes we make it so hard to understand, but there's a love there that was given in a way for you to receive it. It's just that simple. And from that moment, love took on human form and allowed us to fully understand what love looks like. Jesus showed us how to love, whom to love, what love can do, how it multiplies. And to those who followed him, to those who followed him, they were allowed to witness miracles every single day. He invited them even closer and he whispered. And people constantly to the table were coming from droves and sat at his feet at his table, to eat with him, to laugh with him, to love with him, because he wants everybody to be a part of that table. And I think over time, though, what I feel like has happened in our culture is is for those who have been engaged in church for years is I believe we drifted from the big table to the kids' table. I know it sounds kind of opposite of what the Bible says because the Bible says, let the childlike faith come on, right? Let the kids come unto me. But sometimes we go back to the action of going to, you know, if you've ever gone to grandma's house, there's the adult table, right? Where my knees only fit. But then there's that kid table. And we act like a kid sometimes. Everything's ours. We're selfish. We don't want to give. We don't want to love. We're the first ones in line. And I think it has to do with our posture. Because sometimes an adult says, what, sit upright, get your elbows off the table. And kids just like all open them. I mean, they're just going at it, right? They got sometimes their feet on the table. I mean, maybe some people, old people do too, I don't know. But you know, it just, it is an interesting conversation to have. Our posture is not where it needs to be in our life if we just come to church to eat or drive through at the table and leave and go do our weekly busy stuff. If it's not impacting you through the week, then it's just simply drive through. I don't know why, but maybe our posture to receive what God is trying to do is off-centered. Maybe it's easier to sit at the kids' table for some of us or possibly go through the drive through 
You're maybe here today waiting on God to love you in some big way. Now listen to this. Maybe you're here today waiting on God to love on you in some big way when all along God has been waiting on you. And you maybe be wondering in your mind why God has not stepped in and intervened. And God is simply asking you, why have you not stepped out and reached out? See, God is ready when you are. Love is ready when you are. We just have to move with our posture from here to there and get ready in a right posture to receive. And so what does the posture look like, right? Well, when we pray, may our hearts always be bowed in adoration to what God is doing. May we never take the credit. May we always be in gratitude and in humility to others of loving God. For we know his eyes are open and his ears are attentive to the prayers of his people. Second Chronicles 640. I think our posture needs to be directly focused always towards Jesus and allowing him to teach us to follow him in obedience in everything through his love. You see, if we say this, we are ready. We can move in love in a way that changes a culture. You see, everything God wants to do through your life is built on this concept that God has connected us to himself through Jesus for an intimate relationship. But in order to do that, you have to accept the invitation and you got to show up. Everything that God wants to do through us, for us, is completely relational. You see, God, God wants to be so close to us, just like oxygen is to our lungs. They work together to provide something more. They have to work together in order for us to function. If God is going to do a great work in our life, we have to accept that that invitation to sit at his table because when we sit at his table, it begins to form our identity. People begin to know who we follow, who takes care of us, who loves us so much that he provides everything we need today because of our posture begins to illuminate the one that we follow. Can you imagine waking up at the end of your life and realizing that you own everything. You just look around and you realize, wait a minute, it's all mine. But you lived your entire life like you owned nothing and you worked for everything. For some of you, this is how you're living right now because your posture says it. It's mine. It's all mine. This is what I've done. This is what I've done. This is, this, is what I, this is what I've achieved, and this is me. See, God wants more for you than you can possibly imagine. We just have to get to the understanding that he is a generous and loving God. There was nothing God created that he did not want to create to give away. And God did not create because he needed something. God was already complete. He did it for us to enjoy, so why would you not want to sit at that table to enjoy what it feels like to give, give in a way that produces love? You see, God is waiting on us. 
God is really waiting on us. And I feel like if we're not in the posture to move sometimes to receive the greatness he wants to do through us, because we are in the way. And if, and if, we, and if we wanna move first, we have to move from literally here to there through Jesus. And I truly believe love is ready and it's, it's cooking up. It's been simmering up for years. It's like a crock pot, man. When you pull it off, you can, wow, there's nothing better. Or that grill, when you throw it open, that, that aroma, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see, it's ready. And in Matthew 4, 19, think about this. When Jesus said, come, come and follow who? Me. Did those guys move or did they just sit there and pass on what Jesus had to offer? I'm just going to go back here and fish some more. I'm just going to go back and clean my nets. I just want to go back and sleep. No, they immediately moved. They moved at once is what the scripture says. And they went out and they started to share with others what love really looked like. Think about this. The the same God that encouraged Noah to build an ark is still revealing plans and purpose today to do something crazy. We just have to listen. We have to be obedient to do something that doesn't make any sense. The same God that brought fire down from the heavens is ready to love on us. He is available to me and to you. We just have to be, step up and be bold and proclaim. The same God that, that, that Moses, you know, he stood in front of the water and the sea. He held up that, that big staff and he said, part. That same God is sitting at the table waiting for you and for me to do something that's supernatural. That same God that called Peter out to walk on the water, that God is still calling us out. God has not changed. He's waiting for us to accept the invitation to do something that we can't get the credit for because his love has already done it. You see, he is ready. Love is ready when we are. That same, that same God, that same God who used Jesus to call out Lazarus from the grave is calling some of you out. But unfortunately, some of us enjoy being dead. Why? You see, love is ready. Life is ready. Liberty is ready when you are. We just have to move. We have to be obedient. And we got to go all in. When Jesus died for our sins and he rose from the dead, he, he did what no man, no person, no one had ever done before or since, by the way. He set a table of love that cannot be rewritten and he wants everybody to be a part of it. And so I encourage all of us to step out of what is known and count the cost of the present comfort versus the, the future reward if we accept his invitation of love. In other words, let me say it this way. Maybe this might ring a bell. If we're going to have to give up the things we love for the things we love more, it could change some lives. If we do this, if we go all in and become crazy generous and be fully devoted, it could change a culture. 
And if we fully devote ourselves to that type of love, get ready. It could go crazy in a way just like it did in the first century church and affect thousands and millions of people. And the question is, why do we want to do this? Why? Well, in Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 21, the apostle Paul leaves us some insight to why we should want to do this. And it says it this way. It says in verse 17, in Christ Jesus, then I have reasons to be proud, or therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see. If you hadn't listened yet, you haven't wrote anything down yet, I want you to remember this. The why, verse 21. Those who are not told about him will see. And those who have not heard will understand. They will begin to see and sense who Jesus is through your love for the Father. Because sometimes it doesn't make sense to love somebody. Because the world around us says not to. Or to love yourself. You see, when we understand that type of love is ready when we are, that love is freely offered. When we get the right posture right and focus everything on Jesus, then you will fully understand the life you were created to live. There is so much more. There is so much more love in each of you because God created you for something great because my God does not create anything less. We just have to be ready. You see, love is ready. And when you and I fully believe, God will reveal to us and expand our capacity of just how big this table could get and reach through his compassion, his kindness, his love through us. And when we, when we do this, then and only then, we will see the greatness of what changed lives. Changed life really means for this culture where we live where we work and where we play. See, I really do believe that those who have never been told of him will see and those who have never heard will understand by his love. But it starts with you. It starts with all of us by being utterly amazed by what he's trying to do through you by what he's trying to do through us, by what he's trying to do through his love, because his love never fails. And when we fully understand that, get ready, church. Get ready. It's going to change the culture. 
It's going to change everything. It's going to change who we are. It's going to change how we live, how we think, how we play. It's going to change everything we say and do. And so I've invited my wife up here to sit with me at a table. And the table's kind of bigger because the first week we started off with a table, a smaller table. It's a small box, more or less. And the second week, we started with a, a, another table. Last week, we had a table of baptism where we ex- experienced a lot of love. And, and, and today, we're going to set it at a bigger table. I guess the big boy table. I guess it's the, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, if you don't know what God's doing through us and what God's doing with us, can I borrow that microphone? I do know this, that he's invited us all to the table. And I, me and her have talked a little bit about what this represents. Though significant in, you know, in what we're trying to accomplish, setting the table. It's a blank table. And that's by design. To understand that there's a divine purpose for what love can build on it. The question is, is for all of us to answer, what does that mean for our families? What does that mean for your family? And so I thought it'd be best, and Sarah might take it into a different direction. We don't know. This is how Sarah rolls. <laughs> Some of you understand that. But, you know, Sarah, what does this mean to you and for our family as we just take a, a risk and we say, okay, God, this is your table. This is your plans. We trust you. So um, what it means to me, um, the table means a lot of different things. Um, for, in the past, it meant something different to what it means now. Um, but to n- now it means all the love, um, the sweat, the tears, just all the different things. It's just laid here it, and inviting everybody else to come along who has the same things. I mean, I think we're transparent. Our transparencies are here at the table. One thing we could do, we get together and we, we talk as in groups whenever we meet as groups. And we're very transparent of the failures, the frustrations, the things that we're at. And I think that's what the table represents is that it's not us and it's not it's only Jesus, and when he came to the table, he brought and he taught, and he, he took the disciples right where they were and met with them and loved them, and they grew together, and um, that's what the table means to me. It's a place where we can all grow and find Christ in a deeper way, and that he, our transparency of who we are and the mess that we are and the place that we're at that we can just lay it here and then we can lay it together. And there's nothing there but love for one another. And with that love, God can do some amazing things, as which a lot of us already know. I mean, you're already sitting at that table, so you kind of know. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a freedom. It's, it's completely what, against what the world says it's supposed to be. The world says hide it, make it look good, put a face on, make you look tough, Right. You know, get all of the credentials, names, badges, labels, and make sure that, you know, you're number one. 
But at the table, there's no number ones except Christ. So with that, it, there's a freedom that comes with that. And so that's what the table represents. If we could write F-R-E-E-D-O-M, exclamation point, that's what this means. And what we have been able to know is this, is her life verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I declares the plan, the Lord declares the plan. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a good and an amazing, if I can use Jason Kilby's version, tagging two versions together, utterly amazed an amazing future. <laughs> she married me, by the way. Anyways, it was a moment of clarity when we, we were allowed to sit at the same table for the very first time, and love was built at that table. And from that moment on, we've been able to, uh, to enjoy fruit at the table. And so I'm going to invite Mr. Maximus up, and then I'm going to invite Mrs. Mia up, and then I'm going to invite Mr. Micaiah up. And I don't know where Matthias is. Christy's going to go get him. Okay, so we'll, we'll bring the, the, the rug rat up here in a second, and we'll see how well he'll sit at the table. But what we know is this, is our journey, first of all, we can probably identify that I love my wife, and, um, <laughs> and, and, and we have taken the table very seriously where it says go and multiply, so now it's on you guys. Um, but at the same time, it comes back to this table where we sit there and said, listen, we don't know what it means to do this, but we're trusting the Father in a way that we, there's got to be some other people out there that want to sit at this table. There's got to be some other people that really have a desire to see what love can do. Because it's so simple, but we make it so hard. And so a couple years ago, we sat at a table and we asked some people, what does it mean to do this? And then since then, it has grown to where we're at today. And so God has continued to allow us to, to explore and to take a, a next step. And that next step for us, if, if you're not aware, I mean, this has been the worst world kept bad secret there ever was, but, you know, our opportunity to take a next step is actually going to lead us away from this location. And it's going to put us into a prime location on Main Street. And I don't know why or how he does all these things, but he, he reveals them in a way that can change lives. Even now, it's changing lives by conversation pieces. And so when we get to that moment, um, when we get to that moment where we're on Main Street, I'm prime Main Street, where people on the first floor can just walk in, they see love happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We really believe what it can do for changed lives that change lives. But we also know it's got to, it's got to, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some more time around the table. It's going to cost us some, honestly, there's some of you already experiencing some nails through the feet, right, Mr. Micaiah? Yep. <laughs> Some of us have already been swinging some hammers and, and, and getting some blood everywhere. But the beautiful thing is, that's fun and exciting when it's talked in love around the table. And we can laugh about it. And we see something amazing develop from it. Because there's, there's an invitation to invite others along the journey. Because we're not a perfect family by all means. And we would never say that. But I do know this. We serve a perfect God. And he's inviting us all around this table. And so the question that I would love to throw out there as we just continue to dream, continue to dream, and continue to dream is to ask, what, is, what does love mean to you? What are you willing to do for love? How are you going to take a step of faith towards love 
in a way that can redefine a culture and your family. Because he's invited us and we're inviting you to join us. Because we believe in a teen center that can change lives. We believe in the Hope Network as they come along beside us to, to, to begin to partner, maybe even not just prevention side, but celebrate recovery side. And have an, an access point there on the corner of 2nd and Main Street where life can happen. Where, where a counseling center could be involved inside people's life, not just a counseling center, but a Christian counseling center that can dump and pour and invest time and energy. Where, where we can sit back and realize that a special needs Kidsville unit can literally impact families' lives because the bitterness that comes sometimes from that moment when you find out that you're going to look differently in the culture. And maybe it comes from the opportunities which that warehouse represents for our community where life can happen. There's so many more opportunities to sit at a table and invite others to be a part, but it comes down to you taking a risk with love. And that first risk is today. That first risk is today. We threw out about eight weeks ago now what it's going to look like on this day. Why this day? We just, honestly, we picked this day. We probably should have reevaluated that one, (laughs) Memorial Day weekend. But the truth is we picked this day and we prayed over this day and we've been praying over this day. And so we're getting ready to sing a song and the team's going to come up here and, and play a song that we love and we adore. And we've invited many of you guys to take an opportunity to consider what does it look like to invest into the table, the table of love. And there's, Caitlin, can you hand me those envelopes on the, uh, that, where my notes were? There should be two envelopes. Yep. And if you don't have an envelope, there's some on the backs and all the tables back here in the back. Thank you so much. And so we, we decided to, to, to bring out a small suitcase because we are moving. We're going to take something that's really old and we're going to do something that's kind of new. New to our community. And as the Kilby family goes, guys, go ahead and throw yours in there. Put them inside the briefcase for us. We're all in. And it's changed my family. We're not broken. We're just excited because we trust in that type of love. It's changed our family. And many of you got the taste of it. But I am ask you just to go all in and experience it in a way that changes everything. Because when Jesus enters the house, it changes everything. But first you've got to experience the love that God has for you, which will multiply out to the next person, hopefully your family, and then your friends, and it just keeps on trickling. But you have to respond first. And all this money and all this stuff that's going to be taken in this small suitcase it's just going straight to that next step of what it looks like to build something on love on the corner of 2nd and Main Street and may it birth something that only he can get the credit for and may it change lives that change lives that change lives that change lives from here on out and from our family to yours we just say thank you for allowing us the privilege of sitting at this table So I'm just going to pray over this. 
And you guys can respond how you want to. If you didn't come prepared today to give, that's totally okay. And maybe you can't give today. But I do know this. Every gift matters. No matter how small it is, it matters. And so we're going to do it as we do in our family. We hold hands at the table and we pray. And we're just going to ask favor over this. And we're just going to ask God to bless it. And we're just going to trust the Father in a way to change lives. So Jesus, we thank you for this moment in history. Though it may look small and insignificant in the size of a church, but in the grand scheme of things, it's huge. It's amazing. And I pray that years later down the road, even next month, we'll be utterly amazed by what you're doing through the lives of your people. And may love always be at the center of everything. And may we continue, continue to center and point and live on you and you alone. May we be fully devoted in a way that changes not just our life, but others. May we laugh often. May we live well. And may we love always. And Jesus, that's my prayer. Because his love is ready when we are ready to go all in. Father, I thank you for this gift that's about to be received and I just pray blessings and may it multiply in ways that only you can get the credit for. I thank you for what's about to happen on that street down there. May that big green building turn into a a beacon of green love for people in this community to see and say, you know what? There's love going on there and it's multipliable. They welcome even these motley crew of misfits in. They welcomed me in at the table and it changed my life. I can't wait to hear the stories. I can't wait to see the people's faces and I can't wait to see the life change that comes from people receiving this love. And so God, I thank you for today and what it represents for us as we set the table for what you're about to do in your kingdom. God, that's my prayer and I thank you for everything. And I can't wait to say these words, utterly amazed in your name. Amen and amen. Hey, we're going to sing a song. And we want you to sing along with us. Pray along with us. Pray along with us. And give along with us as well.